Hey everyone, welcome in to another episode of Real Sports Talk by Naraj. As always, hope you're all doing well. It is August 31st, 2021, Tuesday, September just around the corner. A lot to get into um, as, you know, this week college football is going to get started. So that'll be great. And then, you know, uh, more and more NFL teams, uh, you know, cutting down their rosters ahead of the, you know, deadline. So... We've already seen some notable cuts and, you know, obviously some teams will be looking to stuff out some roster spots um, heading into week one of the NFL season coming up next week and obviously I have opening day. So in today's episode, I want to get into a couple of things, talk about some incredible athletes that uh, really stood out and have been standing out um, at the Paralympics in Tokyo uh, this past week or so. And then I want to also get into previewing um, the NBA teams, all 30 NBA teams and their, you know, their outlook for this upcoming NBA season, which a lot of promising games back to the normal season. Um, So a lot of things to get into, a lot of things to break down as well. So let me first start by talking about a news that came out of the NFL earlier today and one that I think a lot of people were surprised and confused by, and that was Cam Newton being released by the New England Patriots and naming Mac Jones starting quarterback heading into this year. Now, Cam Newton um, has been through a lot in his career ever since he um, departed Carolina, you know, Obviously, coming into last year, you know, with the condensed kind of practices and schedule that it was, you know, dealing with COVID, you know, he played, didn't put up those kind of numbers or the kind of performance that was needed to get the Patriots to the postseason. They finished 7-9 and nine last year, you know, so Cam Newton's whole thing in his career is, you know, about can he be accurate, can he be durable, Obviously, he took a lot of hits um, during that season, especially the Super Bowl, and then after that, it was just never the same after he got shoulder surgery. So, coming into the offseason, the Patriots you know, decided to re-sign him and go out there and spend money on free agents, which they never do at all. <laughs> uh, you know, they always just try to find players at the end of free agency on a one-year, two-year kind of deals. And that's why they weren't able to surround Tom Brady in his last year in New England with you know viable outside weapons. Look at this offseason. They went ahead and got Hunter Henry, John Lewis Smith, Kendrick Bourne, Nelson Aguilar. You know, they had Jacoby Myers returning, obviously. So the Patriots were looking better as a, as a unit on, on paper with their offense they've added because the pieces they were able to pick up in free agency. And so Cam Newton, you know was brought back and the Patriots and Bill Belichick did what they always do. They went looking for a quarterback, but they did this time a little earlier than expected where, you know, Mac Jones wasn't taken in the top 10. He fell down to almost 17 or 18 and they, they took him. They took him. Um, and Mac Jones seemed to really impress Bill Belichick and Josh McDaniels seems like because there were a lot of obviously good things being said about Mac Jones throughout this whole training camp and preseason. 
But you just always felt like Patriots were going to be patient with Mac Jones. You know, they wouldn't maybe start him right away because they had Cam Newton in place. Now, Cam Newton probably did everything he could uh, to be, you know, available and play. Um, but with all the COVID protocols and things that happened, obviously he had to miss out on some days in practice ahead of the Giants game. You know, but for the most part, he looked pretty good. Um and what I kind of have seen, you know, overall. And so, the Patriots making this decision at this time in the season is really, you know, surprising. Because, you know, you would think that they would want to have, you know, a veteran quarterback there who can help Mac Jones. And, you know, not to say that Brian Hoyer and Jerry Stidham are not those two guys, but... You would feel like the Patriots would have, um, you know, the kind of thought like to have a quarterback of Cam Newton's caliber on their roster, at least to start the season off. Now, having said that, it could be that Cam Newton wasn't willing to accept the backup role, and all signs seem to be indicating that Mac Jones was going to win the starting starting job. Obviously, whatever. Whatever drives he had this preseason, almost every one of them ended up either in a field goal or a touchdown. So Mac Jones was accurate. He played relatively well when he had to play, albeit against backups. But that seemed to be convincing enough for Bill Belichick to make the decision. And for Cam Newton, at this point in his career, you know, it's all about can he, you know, can he accept that backup role, you know, anywhere in the NFL now? Because we've seen that. He's come in and he's given the starting in the quarterback, and it was his job to lose uh, coming coming to the off season here. I just did not think it would happen this soon, in which since he missed some time, and then you know Mac Jones was impressing enough to the point where the Patriots probably wanted to play him. And so I hope that the Patriots made the right decision. I don't know if they did. To be honest, I think they should have waited before putting out Mac Jones. But then again, you look at what's going on across the NFL. You know, you got Lawrence, you got Wilson starting, and, you know, you want to see what you got in your first-round draft pick. So it was going to happen. I just didn't think it happened this soon. Um, Mac Jones obviously had an impressive, you know, impressive run with Nick Saban in the last couple of seasons. And no doubt Bill Belichick's relationship with Nick Saban was a huge factor in in the Patriots selecting Mac Jones in the draft this year. Time will tell if he can really be that quarterback that they need him to be. Um, the history of Alabama quarterbacks, it's you know, up and down at this point. It's hard to say that they're really good or they're really bad. You know that the NFL talent from Alabama has been tremendous on the defensive side of the ball. Offensively, we've seen what they can do. So the quarterbacks, you know, you have Greg McElroy, who was a way, way back pick. Um, you have Tua, you have Hurts. You know, those are the ones that come to my mind at, at this point, you know. So let's see if, if Mac Jones can really step up and be that guy for the Patriots. Obviously, look at the division now. All the quarterbacks that are starting under, under the age of 25. So, you know, got the young quarterback movement going on in the AFC East. It should be fun to see these matchups head-to-head. Um, but Bill Belichick, he was, whether he missed it or not, you know, he went out and spent a lot of money on free agents. It 
really bothered him to be out the postseason last year. And it was, it was expected because just seeing how... Just seeing how, you know, the rest of the AFC was kind of progressing. You know, he felt like, you know, he was there for just a long time. And then, <laughs> you know, one of those years you don't win. So, Bill Belichick has, a, you know, he's the greatest coach in the NFL. to the rings and all that. He obviously makes a lot of decisions that are just like, he doesn't care about your feelings or anything like that. It's just the way he is. I mean, he cares about really good discipline. The Patriot way of like, Having discipline players that are available, who will play, who will be accurate, and who will do, do really, really well. And hopefully that is the case with uh, with Mac Jones being out there. I just feel bad for Cam Newton because Cam Newton was an MVP. You know, obviously took a lot of hits throughout his career. You thought he would get a fair shot to be, you know, a starting quarterback for the Patriots. And maybe he should have decided to go somewhere else, you know. Just knowing how the business in the NFL is, just really, really tough. Like Bill Belichick has treated a lot of players the same kind of way he treated Cam Newton. You know, right in this thing, doesn't care what you do, what you have done. It's all about evaluation and what's best for their team. And so, Mac Jones is starting for the Patriots. Time will tell if it'll be a right decision or not. Uh, but for Cam Newton, it's going to be hard to see him being able to join any team in the near future. Maybe he will, but. Him having to kind of swallow his pride a little bit, just to get in, you know, be on, a, on, a, you know, as a backup, and just try to find his way and see if he can like finish his career on a high note. He may not be as a starter in this league, but if he can be available and ready to play, that will be a huge plus for a lot of teams this season. So hopefully he'll be he'll be getting some offers. Maybe some teams will bring him in for a workout. Uh, but I just hope that he's able to finish on a, on a better note because I think that the last couple of seasons, this has really been tough for him to obviously to learn everything and be accurate with the football on a consistent basis. He can still do all those things, but in terms of accuracy from the pocket and all those kind of things that you know you have to do, it's just a different generation now with the mobile quarterbacks that are in the league now. Like they're obviously just so advanced in terms of something they do. So. I still think that Cameron can be a valuable quarterback in this league. It's just about about the right first, right place at the right time. You know, so kind of taking the approach of a Joe Flacco, maybe or taking the approach of a Nick Foles, who obviously, you know, just kind of find yourself in the right situation and kind of waiting your turn. Hopefully that will be the case for Cam Newton for this upcoming season. And, you know, in terms of the AFC East, like it's going to be very interesting to see if Mac Jones is able to lead this Patriots team back to the postseason. A lot of pressure riding on him already, it seems like. Um, but we'll find out because with this move now, I mean, you have some really exciting matchups. Um, I just want to see if now Mac Jones is up to the challenge of actually being able to thrive under Bill Belichick and Josh McDaniel's system when the real games start. So in this next segment, I want to talk about two incredible Paralympic athletes that um, stood out and won gold medals in the past week. Um, it's always very uh, inspiring, impressive to see athletes with um, disabilities find their ways into a sport, find a platform where they can you know exceed expectations and really thrive. And that is the case with two incredible athletes from India uh, who won gold medals this past week. 
want to start with Sumit Anil, who clinched a gold medal with his amazing performance in the men's javelin throw. Um, you know, competing with uh, obviously the amputated leg, uh, and um, you know, the F64 category for the javelin throw. You know, with athletes competing, you know, in standing position. So you know, Sumit Anil from Haryana, 23 years old. Uh, really overcame a lot back in 2015 when he suffered. Uh, the uh, you know he had an accident, um, and you know he lost like the left leg below his knee. So he really um, after that point just wanted to find a way back into you know competing and embracing sports, and he was able to do that by getting the opportunity from the Paralympics to start training for it. So you know he did compete in a lot of events. Um, where he was able to kind of gain some confidence, gain that belief that he could still still do something with his you know, with his career and his life. So he decided to give it a go, and he competed also like against Nirish Chopra back in um, March this past year. You know, obviously Nirish Chopra winning that gold medal in the Olympic Games. So Sumit, you know, really uh, was determined to show that he could like at a high level and you know he saved his best performance for last and winning this gold medal in the javelin throw where you know he really um gave it his all and came away obviously with a huge smile as you know he kind of embraced that moment a lot of celebrities celebrated him on the accomplishment including Akshay Kumar you know Bachchan, Shah Rukh Khan just the, the way he was able to really um Showcase his best, you know, with all the with all the like things that were going on in, in the Paralympic Games. They're competing against some of the best, you know, athletes around the world. He was able to come through with flying colors and win a gold medal, uh, really making his family, his friends um, back home really proud, and all his training and perseverance really came through in, in a big time way. Then you have Avani Lakara, uh, who becomes the first Indian woman to win Paralympic gold in the women's 10-meter air rifle event. She's only 19 years old. Um, she overcame a um, car accident in which she uh, had suffered spinal cord injuries. So during that time, she was really looking to find a way to kind of get back into being active and getting into something so she tried archery tried swimming she she pursued different passions until she finally found you know the air rifle competition and she really started to um you know study that and work towards it and she was inspired by legend abhinav bindra who was one of india's best in this event this air rifle and archery event so her father pushed her uh, to kind of pursue this and try it out. And so uh, she trained really well under some great coaches along the ways to like get prepared for this event. And she saved her best for last as well as she continued to build confidence and at the same time also being able to study for uh, studying law school. You know, so being able to balance that was really tremendous. And, you know, she just wanted the ability to like have that experience of competing in the Olympic Games. It was her very first time. And she embraced it step by step. 
um, you know, just enjoyed the whole experience and came out and played uh, and came out and did really well. Uh, obviously, impressing and a lot of the events leading up to the, to the games and then being able to have that moment where she won the you know the gold medal. Uh, pretty remarkable what she was able to do, uh, and you know. Think about you know the athletes. You know a lot of athletes who have disabilities and, and over, you know have these kind of like moments. You know they always have to find a purpose. You know to like keep on doing what they want to do and, and pursuing other ways in their life. And you know it's all about getting, getting a platform and being able to have the support. And I think that with both these athletes and of course all, all other athletes in the Paralympic Games, just being able to have that support, that push. Um, have that environment where people want you to succeed and you can do something if you believe. It's really, really powerful. And a lot of athletes across the world um, are able to compete and live their dreams. Um, and ones who do have the disabilities, you know, they can do it all as well. And they're getting a chance to do that in these events. And hopefully with the performance of these two athletes, more and more athletes across the world and even you know ones that are coming up uh, you know around the age like uh, you know up in Lakara and Smeal Neal continue to be inspired and be you know be motivated to still pursue their passion whether it be acting whether a sporting career uh, there's a there's a path for everyone no matter what kind of things you kind of have gone through or what kind of limitations you have physically or mentally uh, you can do a lot still and these will definitely kind of power through it and had their great Olympic moment uh, this past weekend. So I want to wrap up today's episode by talking about two teams that finished last in their respective conferences. That would be the Houston Rockets and the Detroit Pistons. And I just want to preview some of the key things to watch for both teams heading into this upcoming NBA season. So let me start with the Houston Rockets. The Houston Rockets were 17-55 and last year. Uh, the Houston Rockets went through a lot of turmoil last year as a franchise, as a team. Uh, the whole James Harden situation was getting, you know, tough and tough for fans and for the team. And, you know, James Harden kind of forced his way out of Houston, you know, at the same time where, you know, Steven Silas was brought on as head, as head coach. Someone who obviously has spent a lot of time working his way up as an assistant coach. To an NBA coach, and so you know the whole Jim Harden situation kind of happened, and at that point, the Rockets really had to find a way to, you know, have a roster that wanted to be committed and be able to play under Steven Silas. You know, so last year at one point they had a 20-game losing streak where they lost a lot of games, you know, back to back. There were some injuries that they, that they dealt with as well. You know, so they they had that going for them. And, you know, the only thing that they, that did go right for the Houston Rockets last year was they had to get some draft picks from the trades they made, you know, getting some draft capital for the future. Um, and that's always a good thing, obviously, because, with you know, when you, every time you're rebuilding, you definitely need some assets. And they were able to get that 
their trades that they made. Looking at their roster that they have this year, I mean, they do have, you know, DJ Augustine, Avery Bradley, two veteran players. Eric Gordon is still there, I believe. Kevin Porter, who was their draft pick in 2019, is there. Uh, they do have Daniel Thies, who was a center from Boston last year. Christian Wood and John Wall, two of the important pieces on this team heading into this year. And obviously the biggest thing, they drafted Jalen Green with their second overall pick this year. So the Rockets do have some veterans, some young players. Some guys are looking to kind of prove it in this year. And the whole thing with the Houston Rockets is that, you know, can they find a way to be competitive and start to win, get winning, get back to winning? Now, based on the Western Conference and how teams have improved significantly, the Rockets are nowhere near close to contending for a playoff spot. What you really want to see with the Houston Rockets is can Steven Silas kind of develop this talent? And can Jalen Green develop into that shooting guard that James Harden was for the Houston Rockets? Or can he kind of craft his game a certain way in which he will be a difference maker? Uh, Jalen Green looked pretty good in the summer league based on whatever I saw. Obviously, a lot more things to kind of see and observe as the season gets going in a couple of months. But it's all about how the Rockets kind of build this team forward, you know. To me, John Wall, Eric Gordon are two names that will definitely be trade candidates later this season. Regardless of how they play this year, you know, both guys are going to either be on this team through this rebuilding process or they're going to be traded for assets. And so the Rockets with Raphael Stone as their GM and Steven Stiles as their coach, how they want to build this roster forward is going to be very important. You know, and can they ever get to that point again where there's a free agent who wants to come there? You know, that is going to be something to watch out for. But just in terms of what they have and what the season may look like for them, you know, it's going to be how well can they be patient with Steven Silas? You know, will they give him a chance to coach even more so with a team that has kind of recovered from that whole James Harden dysfunction they had last year? I've been through a lot of losing. So about can they win games and be a little bit better this season? I think they will be better a little bit. I don't think it'll be to the point where they'll challenge for a playoff spot. But I think you'll see, I mean, Christian Wood coming back and being healthy, that'll be a big plus for this team. Um, you know, John Wall, if Augustine is there, if Bradley. I mean, they have some pieces, but they can't score. They should be better as an offense this year, in my view. Um, but will they be able to do it consistently is the question. And the whole thing I want to see from the Houston Rockets is it's being competitive and being able to just try to be better as a defense because that was really, really, really bad last year. And so they got to find a way to start improving in that. And I hope that Jalen Green is an answer for the Houston Rockets long-term. Um, he's got a lot of upside in his game. He can shoot. He can do it all. You just really want to see if he, they can develop him the right way and whether or not he'll be able to start getting other players to join him in the years to come. So now I want to transition, talk about the Detroit Pistons. The Detroit Pistons um, were 20-52 and 52 last year. That was the worst record in the Eastern Conference as well. The Pistons obviously have been through a lot as a franchise with just a lot of talent either leaving in free agency or just not being able to re-sign it. But the Pistons have definitely committed to rebuilding with obviously no more Andre Drummond there, Blake Griffin, Derrick Rose, 
three names that were there all gone. Um, Dwayne Casey's in his third season, I believe, or his fourth season as coach. You know, one playoff appearance in the beginning. The last two years, they've missed the postseason. The Pistons have a group of some young and veteran players. You know, you have Killian Hayes. Um, Kate Cunningham that was drafted number one overall pick. You know, Kate Cunningham and Killian Hayes are two names that will definitely be on the spotlight for the Pistons this year. They're two guys that have you know, incredible games in terms of their upside and their potential. It really comes down to how well will they be able to develop and work play together. They have Jeremiah Grant, who was a productive player in Denver, played pretty well last year. He's a veteran player. Uh, they do have a couple other players in Josh Jackson and Hamdua Diallo. Looking at the Pistons roster itself, like they have some talent that can get better over time, you know. But it comes down to Kate Cunningham, and obviously he made number one overall pick. You want to see what he can do, obviously playing at Oklahoma State, not coming to the Detroit Pistons. You know he's going to be tasked with that. That responsibility, as with all the other players, to start playing much better basketball. The Pistons were once one of the best teams in NBA history, and they haven't been that way in a long time. You know, so it's about developing a culture there. Dwayne Casey is the right person to do so, but you want to see if they can be patient with Dwayne Casey as well, because we know that you know, he has success in Toronto to a certain point, but then they had to really move on from him, you know, for for a new voice and uh, you know as a team. So, the Pistons definitely need the best coaching from Dwayne Casey, but they need the players to really buy in on defense, especially on the perimeter, because that was a, a spot in which they struggled last year. You know, I think they can definitely, pro, you know, show some progress in some areas. The question really will be is how well can they, you know, be competitive? Can they challenge for the Eastern Conference play, play in tournament spot? You know, it comes down to chemistry as well because there were a lot of injuries they had last season as well. So continuity and being able to work together is going to be very, very crucial for the Pistons. Um, you just hope that they're able to be better as an offense this year. With the content they have, um, Kate Cunningham hopefully will be able to bring a boost in to terms of, you know, you know, viewership and fans really want to buy in and watch these games, you know. I think they'll be better than the Cleveland Cavaliers record-wise this year. That's just me. <laughs> I think they'll be better. I think they have some good promising talent, and it's really about how they can kind of work and get more, you know, they have to find a way to get more free agents in there somehow. That's really, really important for for Houston and even for Detroit. More for, more for Detroit. Being able to hold on to your talent and develop players and keep those players on your team is really, really crucial. And that's what they haven't been able to do as well in recent years. Hopefully, they'll be able to change that around with Kane Cunningham because they got to build around him. And it will really start with them really prioritizing, signing guys who are producing for their team and playing well. And then just trying to keep that group together. And they're going to go through their ups and downs, but they've got to be able to develop Kate Cunningham well and that's really going to be down with coaching and you know the surrounding coaching staff so I'm just going to see what Dwayne Casey does different this year how he kind of pushes these guys and whether or not they'll improve as a defense um, 
so they can be more competitive. Because the way the Eastern Conference is going, you know, they could surprise. But it comes down to consistency and chemistry, and they got to get that going. Hopefully, they'll be able to develop that more and more once the actual games start. But it'll be exciting to see what Jalen Green does for Houston and what Kate Cunningham does for the Detroit Pistons. Like both guys are going to be linked a lot uh, for years to come um, in the NBA.